Good morning and welcome to All Nations Christian Fellowship. Good morning to our Sunday morning service. And uh, I pray that you're encouraged this morning through the worship and I pray that you're encouraged through the word as we look at some of the scriptures to help us through this time. Well, this is a, um, a morning that I just really want to be able to encourage you guys and do a bit of a, I guess, do a bit of an overview of a particular topic that hopefully will be uh, helpful to you and will be and support you in, in some ways. I don't always see myself as, as being able to give you too much or I don't see myself as someone who knows a lot um, but I do know throughout all my years as a Christian, my one thing that I've endeavoured to do throughout all my years as a Christian is to walk as closely as I can to the Lord Jesus Christ. And if that encourages you today and that helps you today, and if I can share with you a little bit some things that have helped me to be able to do that, then I pray that you can take that as a Christian. You've got potentially, unless the Lord comes back today, that you could you could have a, still many a long time ahead of you. So you want to be able to not ever give up the fight. And this is really important as Christians, that we're always in a fight that the Lord has uh, uh, granted or allowed us to be part of, and we know we want to know how to be able to uh, respond to that and to, and to, to deal with that. Um, we are not alone in this. And uh, I want to be able to look at, if you like, a bit of an overview of this, this Christian fight, this Christian fight that we we are part of? What is the, the fight of the Christian? What is it that the Christian find themselves fighting for or fighting in or fighting with? And so I pray that uh, this, is, this is an encouragement to you and that we can look to God's word for support and we can look to God's word for help because this is our rock and this is our foundation. And I pray that you don't necessarily um, find encouragement in me and my words but you can find encouragement in the word of God. When my kids were little, I uh, used to, they used to sometimes watch this praise and worship tape for children, you know, the, the classic VHS tapes. Yes, a parent, you can explain it to your kids later what a VHS is. But uh, they, used to, they used to put on this VHS tape of praise and worship for my children. And one of the songs that they used to listen to from time to time, and if you've been part of the Sunday school in our church, You've probably remembered this from many, many years ago, uh, is the song that says that I am in the Lord's army. Yeah, I am in the Lord's army. I'm not going to try and sing it, but I'll read the words to you. Uh, it says, I may never march in an infantry. I might never ride in a cavalry, uh, cavalry sorry, I may never shoot an artillery. I may never zoom on the enemy, but I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir, I'm in the Lord's army. And it was, it's, it was kind of a really, um, it was a cute song. It was kind of a song that, you know, it was a boppy song. And it was one of those songs that it was kind of a reminder that we're, we're part of a battle and a fight that's not our own. It's the Lord's battle and the fight. And we are part of the Lord's army. And uh, the captain of that army, the captain, the one who leads the way, the author and the finisher of our faith is the Lord's Jesus, Lord Jesus Christ. And so we as Christians are part of the Lord's 
army. And this is full. This is all throughout throughout Scripture. This is all throughout the Bible. When we talk about a fight or if you talk about the, the battle of the Christian, it's all written throughout the Scriptures. And a lot of the Old Testament stories, and though they are real stories and real events, we read them today as these battles, we read them today as our own spiritual battles and how we, what we can take from these real, true, physical battles and how do we make them an application for us today, that we are part of the Lord's army fighting a battle and fighting a battle that the Lord has called us to. It's not a walk in the park, is it, the Christian walk? We don't look at the Christian walk and say to ourselves, oh, yeah, no problem. You know, it's everything's rosy and everything's good and, you know, and it's going to be fine. We don't think of like that as a Christian. We know we are realists to know and understand that this is a battle that is ahead of us because this is a kingdom. This is a kingdom that is working towards uh, the glory of God. And in this kingdom, there is a battle. Sometimes you might hear people say, I'll come to Jesus and all your problems will go away. I don't know. I've been a Christian for a long time and that hasn't been true for me. That hasn't been true for me. Come to Jesus and all your problems will go away. But listen carefully. If your problems are in relation to your own sin and the way you live life, yes, they'll go away. They will go away. If your problems is because your attitude the way you fight people, the way you swear, the way you intimidate, the way you humiliate. If that's your, if they're the, if you create these problems because of your sin, because you hate, and because you're bitter, then then yeah, these problems will go away. All these problems will go away in Jesus' name. But then there's just the problems of life. There's the problems of life. You just speak to anyone, and you just know this is, these are the problems that are beyond you. And so these are the, we live in one today. And so these are the problems that we continue to face as Christians. We, we continue to face as friends. We continue to face as parents. We continue to face as churches because these are the, the battles that we're in. But in this battle, God has called us to fight the good fight of faith. He has called us, 1 Timothy 6, to lay hold of eternal life. He's called us to fight the good fight of faith because faith is a fight. Faith is a battle. And to be able to hold on to this and to be able to fight it in a way that goes beyond your own strength and the strength of the Lord is to understand that the battle becomes the Lord's. And I pray this morning that as we reflect on some of the scriptures, we're able to see that even when the problems exist, the battle is God's and we continue to fight the fight of faith that we continue to win a battle beyond that, that's way, way more significant than the battles around us, but the battle, listen carefully, that lies within. And when you can win that battle that lies within, I believe, brothers and sisters, you are a victorious man and you are a victorious woman that is in a lot of ways unaffected by the battles without us. And I pray that you are encouraged by the word of God, not through my words, but you're encouraged by the word of God that speaks about this. So I want to turn to a few scriptures, and I pray that through these scriptures that you are encouraged. I'll get you to turn to some, and I'll just read others just, just to help us this morning. But if you want to turn to, um, uh, firstly, to Ephesians chapter 6, we're not going to read all of this. I'm not even going to read about the armour. I want to read what it says before he even gets to the armour of God. 
which I, I think is quite significant and sometimes is, is overlooked. What is it that the Apostle Paul is telling the, the, the church of Ephesus in their fight, in their battle, in, their, in, this, in this war, if you like, that we're part of? What is it that, he's, that he wants to tell them before they even put on the righteous breastplate or the belt of truth or having the, the word of God in their hand or, or the helmet of salvation or the, the, the gospel of peace on their feet? What is he that he even tells them before he asks them to wear essentially what is the armour of faith? And Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, the Bible says this. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 14. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. See what he's trying to say? Because it's not our strength. Look, somehow magically I'm going to put on this armour and I'm so strong because I put on this armour. Yes, you are strong because you put on this armour, but you're being strong in the Lord. It's the Lord who gives us strength. It's the Lord that allows us to fight our battles. Why was Gideon stripped of thousands of men? I think he probably started with something like 30,000 men and he was stripped down in the Old Testament to 300 men. Why? So God reminded Gideon so that you would know it's not your arm that wins the battle. It's not your strength that wins the battle, that somehow your ego and your pride will kick in to say, look, oh, we won the battle. No, the battle became the Lord's. And he says to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. He says put on the whole armour of God because you can't do things half-hearted as a Christian. You can't say I'll just, I'll, just, I'll just put on the breastplate of righteousness but not hold the shield of faith. You know, I'll wear the gospel of the shoes of peace, but I won't wear the belt of truth. As if to say we can pick and choose what we can do in the word of God. And, and I know that's the habit and sometimes the, the deception that can creep into the churches today where we can pick and choose the things we like in the word of God rather than take the word of God for all that it says. So he says, put on the whole armour of God that you may be able to listen, stand. Yeah, didn't we talk about this last time? Stand against the wiles or schemes of the devil. Now, for some people, that might scare them. What are you talking about? There's a devil? Absolutely. And this devil is doing things. This word wiles or schemes is this crafting, this crafting of a scheme that is intentionally designed and crafted to get you. He is an enemy that has every intention to destroy you. And so the battle doesn't um, uh, disappear as we become a Christian. It intensifies, but it doesn't do it in our strength. It doesn't intensify in the strength of Christians. It does it because we come and we realise more and more that our strength is in the Lord. And as we are stripped back, so to speak, to realise that we can't do it with 30,000, we need to come to a realisation that it's the Lord's hand with 300. For we do not wrestle, verse 12, against flesh and blood. Listen to the language here, wrestle. It reminds you of Jacob and the angel who wrestled all night with the angel who wrestle, we don't wrestle. So he doesn't say we don't wrestle full stop. He just says we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. So the wrestle is there. The fight is there. The battle is there. It's just not with what, with what you see. It's not flesh and blood. You're not fighting the person. 
You're not fighting the government. You're not fighting your wife, your husband. You're not fighting the person. The wrestle is different. The wrestles are spiritual wrestle that Paul is concerned about here. And he's concerned about our position or our battle primarily within. And he's talking here and he says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and the powers and against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Because what you've got to understand, brothers and sisters, throughout all the generations and all the existence of this planet Earth, there have been kingdoms and kings that have risen and fallen, risen and fallen throughout all this time. We're in no different situation today, but the prince of the power of the air is the enemy himself, the devil. And that doesn't mean the devil has control because the Lord is sovereign and he sits on the throne, he's omnipotent, he's all-powerful. This is God himself who sits and always remains on the throne. So the devil doesn't have full control, but, boy, he has a lot of persuasion. And so it's no different today in the era we live in today. It's from the beginning of time when they were in the Garden of Eden and all the way till today, no matter matter who is in leadership today, the devil has a lot of persuasion. And so what we wrestle with are spiritual battles. They're spiritual forces. And so we need to battle with these in a spiritual way. So it asks us to do something, to take up the whole armour of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. And when you begin, listen carefully, to win the battle within you today and you're able to stand today and you're able to face the things that you are confronted with today, then you're able to stand having done all, sorry, to stand. You're able to continue to hold on because you're winning the battle within. I think sometimes, brothers and sisters, you know, have you ever gone outside or (laughs) gone out to the shops or or, uh, gone out for a walk and you've worn your top inside out? I need to realise someone says to you, I think your top's inside out. Or you come home and think, oh, no, my goodness, I've been wearing my top inside out all day. I think sometimes um, the battle for Christians, it becomes inside out. We look at uh, the battle being more what's happening outside, whereas that, that is a battle, but the greater battle is what's going on within. That's the greater battle. And that's the battle we've got to find victory in. Because that's the battle that gives us peace. That's the battle that gives us rest. That's the battle that gives us confidence. That's the battle that the Lord is asking us to come to, to a place that we represent Christ, that there is no compromise in our lives. This is the battle from within. I have a daily fight. I don't know about you, but my fight's daily. In fact, sometimes my fight feels like it's hour by hour. In fact, sometimes my fight feels like it's minute by minute. So I don't know about you and your Christian experience, but my fight is every day almost feels like every moment of the day. And I'll tell you why, because Jesus said this. He said, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation in Matthew 26. He said, because the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh 
is weak. So I know my limitations. I understand my limitations. I understand that if I take off, if I, if I lift up and put down my cross, I understand that I'm going to give in to my flesh. I'm going to understand that if I stop carrying my cross, I'm going to say things and do things I'm going to regret. I understand that if I, if I don't come to the end of myself, I'm going to behave in such a way that doesn't represent Christ. And so, so he tells me, watch and pray lest you fall into this because the spirit wants to. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And as I understand this, I understand more and more my need for Christ in a battle that has to be his. So when Paul says to me, fight the good fight of faith, that's the faith battle. That's the battle I'm most interested in. Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life. Sometimes we do things inside out and perhaps we need to do it for a season so that we can understand. But I'm telling you the truth, brothers and sisters, the battle firstly is a battle within. You see, my as I reflect on this, my concern is not the kingdom. I'm not as concerned about God's kingdom. Do you know why? Because Jesus promised, Jesus promised when he spoke to Peter, he said, Peter, on this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So while I'm concerned that the kingdom and the church do things well, I'm not really concerned that they're going to lose the battle. I believe God will always raise up what is necessary and who is necessary because he promises that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So I'm not too concerned about the kingdom or the church as such in the broader sense. What I'm concerned about is how you're fighting the battle. It's how you're fighting every day. And, boy, how much I'd love to be with you now together face-to-face to to share with you these things face-to-face. But my concern is your battle every day when your flesh is weak but your spirit is willing. How do you contend with that? How do you discern that? How do you discipline that? How do you walk with that? How do you allow yourself not to be caught up with that so that you can continue to stand, as as Paul says to Ephesus, so you can continue to stand in the evil evil day and having done all to stand. Remember Jesus stood before Pilate and he was about to be crucified and and, and Pilate's trying to say to him, are you a king? And and, and he's he's having these conversations with Jesus and the, the, the Pharisees are trying to basically accuse him and want, to, want him to be crucified. Jesus had no fear in the sense of what, what he was able to do and what he, what he wasn't able to do. He says to Pilate this, he says, my kingdom, my kingdom is not of this world because I'm not fighting an earthly kingdom. I'm not trying to be a king over people and, and somehow take over your place because my kingdom's not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight. My servants will come up with swords and fight against you. He goes, but that's not my kingdom. My kingdom isn't to do that. 
You see my kingdom that one day you're going to kill my servants. That's what's going to happen to them. They're not going to kill you. You're going to kill them. I'm drawing them into my kingdom and I know what's going to happen to them because my kingdom is not of this earth. So why do we make the battle of this earth? And he says this, if my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews, but now my kingdom is not from here because he wants to reassure, he he wants to um, reveal that this is not an earthly battle. And while we are called sometimes to fight things earthly, the battle begins first from within. He's got a kingdom that's far greater than this earth. My concern, brothers and sisters, is the way we fight. It's the way we fight. But don't be mistaken and don't misunderstand what I'm saying. My concern is first for me. My concern honestly and truly is first, how am I fighting the battle? How am I doing it? How am I making sure that everything I do is a reflection of Christ? Every word that I speak is a reflection of Christ. That everything that I'm saying and doing, I can say to the Lord, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. That is my battle. And I I want to encourage you to do likewise. The Bible tells me in, in Psalm 144, blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Isn't it beautiful? God's saying in Psalm 144, the psalmist is saying, you know what, blessed be God because what he does, he trains me. He trains me, uh, my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Now, of course, they're not, I don't, for us today, it's not a a literal sense, but it's this, this spiritual battle that we have that what God is doing, God is training us. He's giving, he's equipping us. He's allowing us to know what to do in order to contend with the battle out there. And God is in the business of training us today and allowing us to understand how is it that you are to fight the battle. You see, when God trains us, he trains us to deal with things first from within because think about the things that come against us. If we don't win it here, how are we going to win it out there? If we can't win the battle of fear here, how are we going to win it out there? If we can't win the battle of bitterness here or or lust here or jealousy here, how are we going to win it out there? And so our our battle, God trains us to know how to win it. There's a beautiful proverb that says this, he who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. Yeah, Proverbs 16.32. And he that rules his spirit than he who takes a city. You understand? What proverb is saying here that if you're slow to anger, you're better than the mighty. And he says, if you can rule your spirit, if you can have self-control, tell me a man who has that. Tell me a woman who has that. He can confidently say they rule their spirit. And he who rules his spirit 
is better than he who takes a city. The king who takes a city, the king who's able to defeat a whole city, yes, that's great, fantastic, everyone applauds him, fantastic, good king, well done, king, you're an amazing king. But the Bible says this, although that's so amazing, it really better is he who rules his spirit. That's the battle, greater than the battle of the city. The one who is self-controlled is better than he who takes a city. If you want, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I want to read a very familiar scripture here that reminds us of this great battle that is ahead of us and our ability to fight it in the strength of the Lord. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, uh, from verse 24, the Bible says, Do you not know that those who run in race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may attain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is self-controlled or temperate in all things. Now, they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we an imperishable crown. And then he says, therefore, I run thus. This is his, this is his fight. Therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and I bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified, cast away. I, I look at this passage and I think, okay, what does the Apostle Paul want me to do? What is he asking me to do? He's reminding me that we're in a race and he's asking me and he's reminding me I'm in a competition and he's wanting me to run in such a way that I win and that's going to take discipline. But he's reminding me not to be a person who fights as one beating the air. Could you imagine if all you did was punch the air, punch the air, punch the air? You're going to exhaust yourself and you're going to get nowhere. So I want you to think for yourself, are you fighting punching the air? Are you fighting a battle that you were never designed to fight? Are you fighting a battle inside out? Are you fighting a battle that's external when really the battle within has been, is still, uh, you're still losing? He says, fight like not one that beats the air, but discipline my body. Bring it into subjection. Allow my spirit to be ruled. Allow my words to be right and win the victory here. You see, I look at uh, protests and uh, I don't have a problem with protests, just, just for the record. I don't have a problem with people who protest in the right way. I don't want to be labelled as someone who doesn't, so I don't have a problem. But I look at some of the recent protests and I think, wow, oh, wow, oh, wow. These guys are fighting a battle and yet the battle within is lost. There's hatred, bitterness. Sorry, I'm not saying there is, but if there is, 
sorry, if there is, and I can't because I don't know them, so I can't judge them, but if there is, then they're, 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 it's in, the battle's inside out. Why did Jesus talk about this? Why did Jesus talk about a battle not inside out? Why did he say the battle isn't with adultery? Why did he say the battle is first the lust in the heart? Because the battle's within. Why did he say the battle's not Christians murdering each other? Because I think Jesus kind of knew that in the most case, in the most situations, Christians only go murder each other because the battle is the hate within. That's what he talks about in the Sermon of the Mount. He talks about the battle within. Why did Jesus talk about the words that come out of our mouth? Why doesn't he want us to be perfect with articulation of words in our mouth? Because he realises that this is not the issue. The issue is the heart because what comes out of the mouth, the heart speaks because the battle's within. So when a couple argue with each other, and one, one couple decides to win the battle because they want to win the argument, but in their heart there is pride and envy and jealousy, well, then they've lost the battle anyway. Before God, they've lost the battle. So Paul says you've got to beat your body, uh, you've got to discipline your body and bring it into subjection. That's your victory. That's your rest. That's your joy. When fears come, lusts come, uh, bitterness comes, when these things come and you're able to fight from within and find rest and victory in Christ because the battle is the Lord's, then there is great rest for the Christian. Look at how the Bible talks about this battle very differently. If you want to turn to it, you're welcome to, or you can just listen. It's Matthew 5 from verse 38. It's a very different battle that Jesus spoke about. It's an inside-out battle that he was interested in. Now, I know there are many scriptures, but boy, oh boy, we need to understand these ones as well. Matthew 5, Jesus said, you have heard it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you not to resist an evil person, but whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other also. And if anyone wants, you to, if anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks you and from him who wants to borrow from you do not turn away. It's a very different battle. Now, I know there's a, there's, a, there's a lot that we can talk about in its context here, but it's very simple. This is Jesus telling us to fight the battle very differently to the world. We have a phrase, what would Jesus do? WWJD. That's a beautiful phrase. I love it. But sometimes for Christians, it's WWJD, what would Jesus do until it's until it's what I want to do? 
And so this is the victory in Christ. Joseph is a beautiful example of this. When Joseph reassured his brothers, he won the victory in the Old Testament. He reassured his brothers. He he reassured his of his love and forgiveness of them. When they he says, You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. So Joseph won the victory. When he could have become all bitter and twisted, he didn't. He won the victory, even though his brothers treated him so poorly. Yet sadly, Cain lost the battle. Cain lost the battle when he had the whole earth to live with Abel. Okay, Abel was getting on his nerves. Abel was getting under his skin. Abel was um, maybe in irritation or he was a bit jealous or envious of Abel. He had the whole world to live in. Yet he had to kill Abel. He lost his battle. He lost his battle within. He lost it within. He lost the ability uh, to, to, to love his brother. He lost the ability to, of fighting against envy and, 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 and bitterness in his heart towards his brother. That's why when David came against Goliath, I believe David had won the battle already. And when David said to Goliath, you come to me with a sword, you're going to come with me with human effort? You're coming to me with human ways, with a sword and a spear and a javelin? Is I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. He says, you know what? I don't fight a battle like you, Goliath. I fight it the Lord's way. And I believe David in his heart had already wrestled and won that battle before he even got to the, to the, to the, um, the war zone. He had won the battle. He says, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, 1 Samuel 17, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you've defied. When I think of these scriptures, brothers and sisters, I tell you the truth. I think first of me. I think what is going to help me? What is going to keep me walking as I ought to walk each day? Because the pressures around me are great. No less the pressures around you. I'm not, I'm no, uh, I'm not in a different position. You have the same pressures, if not more. But I know for myself, and I imagine if it's for me, then it's for all of you. The pressures are great. And the, and, and the Christian is called to fight the battle. And so we need to be able to discern the battle in order to discipline ourselves rather than to be undiscerning and find ourselves destroyed. And so for me, I ask myself, Lord, am I winning the battle within? Am I winning the battle within, Lord? First John says this, and I'll finish with this. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. First John 5. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, 
Okay, how do we overcome the world? How do we find ourselves victorious in this world? This is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith, because it's a battle within. What's your battle at the moment, brothers and sisters? And I understand and appreciate if you're anything like me, you'll have a whole stack of battles at at hand at the moment. But what's the focus of your battle at the moment? And in all that you're battling, please remember, let it be that you're finding victory with the battle within. Let it be that. Don't ignore that. Don't neglect that. Find rest in that. Find strength in that. And then go and do as the Lord leads you. Go and do as the Lord has enabled you. Go and do as the Lord has instructed you. Let it be that you find peace here. Let it be that the wrestle within you're finding victory in. And may the Lord grant you strength, grace, and peace. Remember, brothers and sisters, our battle um, is, sorry, the battle is the Lord's, but listen carefully. At the same time, we're not alone in the battle. And as a church, we are battling, we battle together. And so you are encouraged, again, to reach out, call out, ask, get alongside of, pray with, and if you're worried about things, to come and ask because the battle isn't a battle designed for you to do alone. And I pray that if the enemy is scheming, that we as a church continue, every single one of us, to be able to stand, as the Bible says, and having done all, to stand. Be encouraged, brothers and sisters, our love for you. Uh, we continue to, to love you. We, we continue to want to uh, help you and support you. And uh, we know, we know it's a time when that um, the enemy can throw whatever he wants. But my confidence is in the Lord. My confidence is in knowing that as the Lord has carried us all up till now, I'm at peace to know the Lord will continue to carry us. You stay strong. You stay strong. You stand strong. You keep fighting the battle within. And let your life continue to glorify our Lord Jesus. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you, Lord, for this morning, and thank you for your most precious word that comforts and reassures me. Lord, I thank you for this fellowship and all the, all the, the people who are committed to following you, who are committed to putting you first and who are committed to winning the battle with him. Lord, I pray that we always remember this great battle is the first battle. And that we continue, Father in heaven, to find strength and victory in you. Father, I pray that you keep us strong, that you keep us united, that you keep us focused on the very things that you've called us to. We love you, Lord, and I thank you for the love that you've put in our hearts for one another. So may you continue to hold us, Lord, guard us, Lord, guide us, Lord, in all things. And may you be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen.